Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Tony Katz. This is Kendall and Casey. The Amber and Nigel Show. All right, well, when does your show start? Do we know? I feel like I've been promoting this for nine years now. This is the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Good evening and welcome to the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIBC. I'm Tony Kinnett and we're going to start off this quick news roundup with a story. So a couple of months ago, in fact, on October the 12th, I was at WIBC at Emma Studios in Monument Circle down in Indy. And there was a protest that was planned for that day. This was just a couple of days after Hamas terrorists stormed into Israel and massacred 1,200 Israeli civilians. Uh, That would include brutally raping, beheading, burning, and a lot of other horrible stuff that I'm not going to discuss on the air at present. Uh, There was a protest for Palestine, a pro-Palestine protest, which was organized and led by, according to a press release, Butler University's Students for Justice in Palestine group, one of the student organizations at Butler's campus. So I went down to the city level and on my trusty, dusty three-day backpack, I had my GoPro camera and I recorded a couple of hours of footage with the WIBC news team, as well as several of the other media organizations around Indianapolis. And uh, what we saw was pretty typical of a lot of pro-Hamas, pro-Palestinian protests. A lot of chants for the ethnic cleansing of Israel, uh, the ethnic cleansing of all Jews from the face of that region through things like from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Of course, talking about how there will be no Jews between the Jordan River and the Mediterranean Sea. And of course, the most disturbing chant of the evening that I heard, which is not a victim, not a crime, which is a direct reference uh, to stating that the people of Israel, including civilians, are not victims. So therefore, the raping, the beheading and all the horrible things done to them uh, were not a crime. Uh, Kind of disturbing stuff, something that perhaps uh, you may not want to hear. And the College Republican Club over at Butler University, knowing that the student organization Students for Justice in Palestine was holding this protest, were also disturbed, given that not only are several of their members Jewish and they feared for their lives, uh, but of course, it's incredibly disturbing uh, knowing that the discrimination policy at your university uh, directly opposes this kind of action and rhetoric. So the Butler University College Republicans uh, issued a statement in a two-page letter on Instagram. And the letter stated, uh, it's not cool to hold anti-Semitic protests. It's not cool to celebrate the death of Israelis. Uh, and it's especially not cool to chant things like, quote, not a victim, not a crime, end quote. And they asked Butler University to take official action uh, to investigate the matter. And then, according to Butler University's uh, student office uh, discrimination policy, to remove that uh, student organization's ability to operate on campus. Again, if you're going to be a student organization that has university um, you know, kind of perks uh, and obligations, then you have to follow a certain set of rules. And that was the end of it for about uh, a few hours. Uh, 
Emails and other documents obtained by the Daily Signal found that uh, the students for justice in Palestine were deeply horrified by this. And so they reached out uh, to a Title IX coordinator by the name of Azure Swinford and basically complained that, oh, this is horrible. They're inciting violence against Muslim students and Palestinian students. Um, I think it's personally a little bit racist to assume that all Muslim and Palestinian students um, would support the Hamas attack into Israel, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Azure Swinford moved swiftly and just a few days later uh, asked the College Republican chapter to take down that letter and told the young men in private um, that they needed to uh, basically not post anything else that incites from that point forward. Butler University launched an official investigation uh, via a notice on October 30th into the college Republicans for these claims of inciting violence. But here's the catch. They appointed the investigator that brought the charges from the Students for Justice in Palestine in the first place because, yeah, that's entirely ethical. And so Swinford conducted this investigation over the last six and a half weeks. On this official notice of investigation, the Students for Justice in Palestine claim that the college Republicans made up the claim that people were at the protest chanting, quote, not a victim, not a crime, end quote. And that because they were making these things up, like what was chanted at the protest, that therefore that was inciting violence. And so the president at the time of the college Republicans, a young man named Aiden, reached out to me and said, hey, you were there on the ground that day. Do you have any footage that shows them tweeting or that shows them chanting this? Because obviously I think this could close the investigation. That's what it all hinges on. And so I scoured the couple of hours of footage and I found this. But here we go. So, as you heard on that clip, they started out by chanting, long live Palestine, and then re repeated it. Then they chanted, not a victim, not a crime, very clearly, followed by not a nickel, not a dime, very clearly, and then no more room for Israel's crimes. And then they, they chanted some other things over again and continued. So... Finding that we did indeed have this footage, by the way, you shouldn't need to have footage to verify claims. If you were on the ground somewhere and you were disturbed by something and you want to make an allegation, there is no Butler University policy, nor Indiana state statute, nor federal policy or law that says you need to have video evidence if you're going to make an allegation. That's not how the United States works in any way, shape or form. But in this case, we had the footage. Aiden and the other college Republicans asked me to be their education rights advocate, because at this point they were concerned that the actions of Azure Swinford and Butler University were unethical. After all, a Title IX coordinator like Azure Swinford is a federally mandated and funded position. Uh, so you really can't screw around with federal funds and investigations, especially when those might infringe on the civil liberties of an individual or a group. So I recently, in the last couple of days, scheduled a time to go over to Butler University and to meet with Azure Swinford to actually sit down and have a conversation and get some answers. Uh, not at the, at the time, uh, not for me, but so that we could actually close this investigation down and hopefully everyone could go over happy.
We went over to Butler University. We went to the uh, office of Miss Swinford, and she wasn't in her office. So we walked to another building to a DEI office, and an assistant scheduled an hour-long meeting for uh, Aiden, the new college president, and myself. And ended up scheduling that for 1 p.m. Uh, I went home, logged into that meeting via Zoom, and then we had an off-the-record interview and conversation with Miss Winford for the purpose of kind of getting an idea of where the investigation was and how things were going. That said, the actions of Butler University that they would need to investigate a college Republican group for calling for an investigation and condemning anti-Semitic remarks is patently insane. The, the, the students for Justice in Palestine who held an event where people were screaming for the blood of Jews, oh, that, that, that's totally above board. But you better not call out an event like that. Remember the old saying, see something, say something? Well, now it's, if you see something, don't say something, because you might be investigated. And uh, according to the college Republicans, Swinford told the young men that uh, they could possibly just get a warning from Butler or they could possibly have their organization status revoked on campus. So that's where we are. If you speak out against uh, insane, crazy Muslim rants, oh, well, you know, that's horrible. You better not do that. But if you're the one actually saying the crazy rants calling for the genocide of Jews, that's totally above board. That's fine. Move along. Uh, it doesn't really matter if it violates the discrimination policy. What really matters here, of course, is the language that's used in the GOP letter, which, again, just calls for Butler University to uh, look into the situation and to revoke status because uh, the actions violated the non-discrimination policy. So great stuff over at Butler University. You can read that entire story over at The Daily Signal. Uh, up next, we're going to be talking to Rob Kendall. Education funding is again a mess here in the state of Indiana. After that awful tweets with Jerry Lopez, you are listening to the Tony Kinnecast on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This is the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Welcome back to the Tony Kinnecast on 93 WIBC. If we're going to talk about universities and state funding, then you got to bring on the man who has complained about more state funding disasters than any other man in the Midwest. And that's Rob Kendall. Thanks for hopping on with us, man. Yeah, and when you want to talk about just an endless money pit education in the state of Indiana, is that? I know you covered that at length in your first segment on Butler. Is really some compelling and very interesting stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I mean, it, it seems like... You'd think that I have to like really look under some rocks to find some of this stuff, but it's become so commonplace. I mean, again, when you have university presidents wandering out into the public and saying that there's a double standard for uh, justice or, or discrimination standards on campus, and then in Butler's case, universities that are taking federal money with Title IX and Title VI that are also participating in discriminatory practices. It, it's just you cannot trust universities. To, that are taking state and federal money to use it responsibly. I have yet to find one university that's done so correctly. 
Well, you've written eloquently about this for a long time, but the, the problem in Indiana is it's across the board, right? Think of the video that came out mm-hmm. earlier last year where you've got these um, these executives at these various institutions, the K-12 through learning institutions in Indiana. They're admitting, yeah, we do DEI and we do SEL and we do CRT and we find out ways to hide it from parents. How many of those people were fired or dismissed? How many heads rolled in that account? None that I'm aware of. And so people are getting away with it at all levels in public education because the Indiana Indiana General Assembly deeply fears the angry red-shirted teachers. And, and not only the deep, you know, the deep fear of the red-shirted teachers, but it's the, the administration officials from these universities. Like the, the universities in the state are a group of sacred cows, part of a herd that you're not allowed to touch. I mean, Indiana University lost their ever-loving mind when the, the state pulled funding from the Kinsey Institute, which was this very weird sexual pedophilic university that had been doing all kinds of creepy sexual testing for years. The problem that I'm facing, at least as I look at how we fund these universities, whether it's at the federal level with the the Title IX uh, and the Title VI funding, and then, of course, access to the Pell Grants, as well as, you know, in state funding and our contributions, I'm not seeing a return on investment. I'm seeing additional really useless majors that these universities are funding, and I'm seeing fewer doctors and engineers and uh, law degrees and actual substantive programs that kids are studying. I'd, I'd rather see the vast majority of state funding going to trade programs. At least then that'd be worth something. Well, you've talked about this on our Kendall and Casey show before, like the the standard for excellence in Indiana in K through 12 education, at least is pitiful. I mean, you've got 36 percent or more of kids failing the 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 mandatory testing. And that makes you the number one school system in the state of Indiana. And most people have absolutely no idea about that, what that is, what that means. And so when you extrapolate that out to the university level, now it's this stuff like you're talking about with the college campus Republicans being condemned for simply saying, hey, probably not great to be supporters of Hamas, but now they're potentially in big trouble at Butler. So the question that I have to ask you is why do we let these educational institutions who are entitled that they deserve the money? I mean, if you even try to adjust the budget, they come in. If you're not raising the budget for education this year, you know, you say it all the time. The red shirted teachers march in. Uh, a lot of them don't know why they're there as the those that we interviewed last year. Um, but the, the unions hike everyone all in and they say we deserve this money. And at what point are we going to say, well, then we need some results. If I'm going to give you more money then I need something in return. Because right now, all I see are my property tax dollars going to the nearest trash can. The biggest problem is nobody cares about you, Tony. I mean, think about the people that are running for governor in Indiana right now. Can you tell me one of them that has a really concrete plan to address the problems going on with public education? Can you tell me one person who you would say, boy, I feel really good about if that person gets in public office? Can you tell me one person in the General Assembly who has a, you know, a concrete plan and leader at a leadership level to deal with this? They don't. They don't exist. Right. And it's at the leadership level that's key, because when I look at the Senate Education Committee or even the House Education Committee, I'm just not seeing any real leadership that has a plan for reining in the unfettered bureaucracy of the Indiana Department of Education. And so we're just going to keep on going. I mean, the the current lady that we have in the DOE is just as bad as McCormick was. There's no real advancement. Kids are just flunking out left and right. The good teacher's time is wasted. The bad teachers are given all of the credit and opportunity. And it leaves you and I sitting here on with Rob Kendall from Kendall and Casey. And it just seems like we keep hitting wall after wall repeatedly year after year because the money just keeps going up for these people. And there are no consequences in sight for these institutions that are run like garbage. 
Yeah, my wife and I were having this conversation the other night, Tony, about what can we do? What can individuals do? And the bottom line is, until people are willing to get involved on a mass scale, on a mass level, it's just simply going to be very hard to make mm-hmm. a difference because the legislators don't fear the public. The angry red-shirted teachers have far more influence. The public education system has par- far more influence than individual parents. And until you're willing to punish Republicans who don't behave along the Republican Party platform, who continue to allow this totally out-of-control stuff to take place, You're just simply not going to get any change. People have to engage. People hearing your program right now, simply listening to you and nodding and going, yeah, Tony's right. It's not enough. You've got to engage. You've got to step up and you've got to get involved in the electoral process and getting these bad people out of office. And that doesn't just mean running for office. I mean, and because I've seen this in the last couple of years is that a lot of people with a lot of really good intentions, a lot of good heart, they're like, all right, I'm going to get involved. And then they're like, how hard can it be? And they run and they don't do the research behind the position. Uh, and then they get into whether it's a school board or another kind of board for a municipal organization or the state house. Um, and, you know, when they're not drinking and driving, they don't really know how the Indiana Constitution works. They don't really know how precedent works. Uh, I go in and I say, well, where is it stated in the Indiana Constitution? And I've had some of these representatives look me in the eye and say, I don't know if it's in the Indiana Constitution or not. We've got lawmakers who don't even know the laws of the state. Because they don't fear the people and they don't fear no, not being they elected. Don't have to. They know if they win a primary, they're going to be in. And look at how the Republicans have rigged the primary process now with all these people quitting in the middle of their term. And party insiders pick the new state senators and state reps or comptrollers or secretary of states or what you know whatever it might be, Tony. It's a totally rigged process. And they just know that conservatives are going to give their vote away to Republicans so we don't have to cater to these people. And so moving on from this point, do you think that this is, you know, solved at the primary or is there even a fix at this point? Do we just have to watch it get worse before there's any kind of a catalyst to get better? Because this is where I'm at a loss. Everyone recognizes that the system is garbage. Yet you and I both know that when January rolls around, when it's time for the next budget to kind of sink into place, it's going to be more money for the Indiana education system. No, not specified as to go anywhere important, but more of the same kind of garbage and expecting different results. The Republicans governed in a reform manner under Mitch Daniels because they needed success and they needed reform in order to stay in office. Republicans do not reform now because they're in the legalized vote buying business. Too many people have given their vote away to red no matter what. And when you don't have to earn a vote, you get in the legalized vote buying business. And until people are allowed to or feel compelled to let Republicans lose who don't deserve to win, this just isn't simply going to change. So I have a question on the back of that for you. So if if in the decades down the line, if I ever run for the state Senate, will you run for the state Senate with me that same year? Because think of the committees that we could sit on. Think of the shenanigans that we could cause. I mean, we could probably get the state to slash at least 35 cents in the annual budget. Uh, I hope that someday you are the Secretary of Education. As I've said many times, I am very, very retired from politics and will never go back. But there, well, I shouldn't say never. We'll very oh, likely never talk. go back. But um, I'm very excited for you. And I Come hope on, you uh, and me, state Senate, oh, same time. My. We could oh, do it. Oh, goodness, Tony. I had a chance to be a state senator years ago and passed on that because, well, quite frankly, talking about other people is way better than being talked about. <laughs> Oh, Rob Kendall, you're something else. Thanks for hopping on with us this evening. Hopefully next week we have a little less to talk about. You and I can get some rest for once. You're the best, Tony. Uh, Good to talk with you as always. Thank you. You are listening to the Tony Kinnacast on 93 WIBC. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Awful tweets, awful tweets, the ones that no one ever deletes. Awful tweets, awful tweets on the Tony Kinnett Show. On 93 WIPC. Good evening and welcome back to the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIBC. That's right, it's time for Awful Tweets with everyone's favorite indie Spanglish man, Jerry Lopez. How you doing this evening, my dude? Doing great today, Tony. Doing great. How are you doing this evening? You know, it's been a hectic week, but it's getting a little better. So why don't you start us off with a real stinker? Let's do it. Hey, we're coming right out of the Chicago Teachers Union president. Here we have uh, Stacey Davis-Gates. And for those of you who don't know, she has some unpaid bills uh, that are due in the state of Illinois. And people have taken it upon themselves to go ahead and send her a little messages, some some mail, something like that. And this one piece of mail she received basically said, pay your blanking bills. And she put on Twitter, the Illinois Policy Institute won't be satisfied until someone in my household is armed by one of their rabid, racist, and woman-hating followers. Now, nobody mentioned race and nobody mentioned women at all. But I'll take it a step further. Somebody else in the Chicago Teachers Union, quote, tweeted her and said, This is a dangerous and vile game being played by the radical right who are targeting a transformational black labor leader while dangling our democracy as bait to lure the country into fascism. All because she didn't pay her bills. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I I actually commented on this one. So we we were in the same mind this week. And I I asked her because it was on a Christmas card that was sent, a little Christmas card that said, pay your bills. I think it was like you effing loser. Uh, And then like F you was then the second half of the card. And and she's saying this is a threat, which um, I don't know if any of you out there have a dictionary at hand, but um, telling someone a childish explicative is not a threat. Um, I responded, I would love to send her parents a Christmas card expressing my apology for the disappointment their daughter has become. Uh, I'm not a follower of the Illinois Policy Institute. I have no idea what they have to do with her. But, man, I tell you what, I'm going to be a follower now if they're sending Christmas cards like that. Definitely. (laughs) Pay your bills. Well, speaking of transformational black leaders, um, and I say that because the only people who seem to care about the skin color of an incompetent official are always the like the NAACP and like the equity crowd. Like, you know, if. I did a really bad job on a report. Let's say I retracted something, which which hasn't happened. But let's say I did. If I retracted something, um, no one would be like, hey, Tony Kennett is a transformational a Cherokee and Irish <laughs> leader in this country. How dare you? No, it would just be Tony You know, made a stupid move. But anyway, here we go. This is from Derek Johnson. Uh, Derek Johnson is currently... Uh, I believe he's the president, the 19th president and CEO of the NAACP. He says, Harvard President Claudine Gay is a distinguished scholar and professor with decades of service in higher education. The recent attacks on her leadership are nothing more than political theatrics and advancing a, you guessed it, folks, a white supremacist agenda. Of, Of course. I just, you know. It's, of course it is. I mean, she's caught plagiarizing. Uh, I don't think you need to be black to plagiarize, do you? Um, you're, you're Hispanic. Is there like a little box that you check um, that says, hey, you're Hispanic. You better get to plagiarizing. No, I don't get a pass for plagiarizing. I wish I, I did. Had I had known, I probably would have went to Harvard. 
No, I have one. Uh, this is from Pierce Morgan. And oh, uh, oh Pierce, no. is, Pierce is always good for him, but this one I really liked. Um, so this was on, this was actually a quote tweet that he put out. This is, he quote tweeted Elon when Elon was taking the poll for reinstating Alex Jones. Uh, so he said, reinstate Alex Jones on this platform. And he took the vote. And this is not the first time Elon's done this. And he's basically said, you know, whatever the people want is what the people are going to get. Right. So he's done this. Not the first one. Uh, uh, Alex won overwhelmingly. The 75% of the people said yes. Uh, Pierce comes out and he says, after what he did to the Sandy Hook families with his despicable lies. No. Okay, so just just few things, few things here, and I, I want to make this clear because we we have to we have to have this discussion. Um, Alex Jones, who I find uh, abhorrent, I cannot stand him. I think he's a vile human being. Um, I think that what he said about the Sandy Hook victims and their families and the and the entire situation in that shooting is abhorrent, terrible stuff. However, he did not do anything to the families by saying that with their life. A political commentator and and not a very intelligent one at that got up and said some stupid stuff. Okay, that's a day ending in why, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Like he didn't have, he didn't order people to go harass them. He didn't have, I mean, get out of here. I, that whole situation is so silly. And also, shouldn't you want stupid people to have a platform on social media so everyone else can see how stupid they are? I mean, so so basically, what he does is he, he he's an over the top entertainer uh, who really deals with some of the fringe stuff and uh came out and said some some things that upset a lot of people and now they want to ban him from from even expressing his opinion when we ban people you know they don't go away they just find a little piece of segment on the internet where they can live at and it becomes this echo chamber right we need to we need these people out on x in the front so we can publicly shame them for their stupid opinions i was getting ready to say yeah i want aoc on twitter so that i can make yeah. fun of the stupid things that she says in the same way i want alex jones on twitter so that i can make fun of the stupid things that he says yeah um again if the iranian mullahs get to call for jew blood on twitter then i think alex jones uh, should get to talk about um gay frogs in connecticut so this is uh from a guy who claims to be a historian um, named Terrence Daniels. He's from the, the People's Fund, which is a 501c3 nonprofit. And he stated that um, this was in response uh, to this claim that the United States was actually the bad guy in World War One and Two. Did you know? We apparently supplied <laughs> arms did. and fuel to both sides. I did uh, is, not know that. I, I know. I, I also enjoy historical fiction. So this Terrence guy says, the U.S. was the only producer of jet fuel in the early 1940s. We didn't stop selling it to Nazi fuel until or we didn't stop selling it to Nazi Germany until after Pearl Harbor which means that every single V-1 and V-2 rocket that hit England prior to us entering the war was powered by U.S. Uh, was powered by U.S. fuel. So first of all, I, um, a little bit of a chemical fun fact here. Jet fuel was not invented yet. Uh, so, no. Uh, number two, um, the V-1 rocket, uh, the V-1 rocket ran on, like, unleaded gasoline. And it ran on jet fuel. So, um, you know, I look, I understand you hate the United States. You're sad. You're pathetic, whatever. But like crack open a history book. So at least your claims can be accurate. Uh, we literally issued an oil embargo to Japan and Germany before we entered World War Two, like several years in advance. Come on, guys. Crack open a book. Well, here's the guy that's going to tell you he's cracked open a book and he's going to teach you all. Oh. about. His name is Dr. Kevin M. Young. And his bio says he's a pastor, an author, an oh. avid lifter, consultant. Oh. He also has uh, he, him, and Rev as his pronouns.
Oh, you're missing one more word at the very at the very last word in his bio. Is it still up? Did he delete it by he the time that he posted it. that? He must have deleted it. He also had post-evangelical. Oh, or no, he ex- has that before. He has that before. Post-evangelical. Post-evangelical. So he's almost uh, a Christian, but he's kind of thrown that aside to be something else. Here, hit me with this tweet, because this is amazing. So he says, uh, we just moved into our new, lovely, deep south neighborhood a few weeks ago. Well, we don't have time to fully deck the halls this year. I felt it was important to let the neighbor know that we, too, follow Jesus. So, uh, so before before you get the picture, mm-hmm. I, the tweet sounds fine. I, yeah, I sure. love the American South. American South yeah. is a wonderful place, very dear to my heart, like the Midwest. And hey, if you're in a you know a neighborhood that's got some Christmas decorations, you want to let people know you're also here to celebrate Christmas. So far, so good. Then and you uh, so get the banner. Rolls out this banner to let his fellow Christian neighbors know that he celebrates the same Jesus. Except for his banner says the following. Rejoice in the birth of a brown-skinned Middle Eastern undocumented immigrant, which uh, is just uh, astounding. <laughs> I so Jerry, I don't, I don't know. I don't actually know. Uh, it, you know, if you are a Christian, if you do follow a denomination, whatever that kind of a stuff is. But uh, if you know many Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterians, um, non-denominationals, which are just Baptists with a cool mm-hmm. website, uh, all of the Protestant and Catholic denominations, even the orthodoxes over uh, and around, um, we've known that Jesus was a Jew for like a long time. I don't know if you know this, but like Jesus being a Jew is kind of like central to the story. The whole story, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, So the the brown-skinned Middle Eastern thing is always hilarious. Also, uh, there are a lot of pieces of evidence that suggest that um, not everyone that's that's roaming around that area is brown-skinned. There's no, there's actually not a word for what brown-skinned means in this context so just kind of pointless my favorite is the undocumented immigrant because if you if you don't know this what were mary and joseph on their way to do when they had jesus in bethlehem why were they going to bethlehem they were going to be part of the roman census <laughs> they were being documented under the Roman census. They were supposed to go to their family city, pay their taxes, and register. Literally, the story of the gospel starts with when Cyrenius was first governor. And, like, they literally start this whole thing. I just, oh, man. I absolutely love it when ex-evangelicals try to quote scripture or talk about scripture. Like, I, oh, well, you know, Jesus was a Jew. Y- yeah, I. I, I know that like he's king of the Jews he 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 followed the law perfectly so excellent awful tweets this week Jerry great Christmas theme I love Let's how you go. worked that yeah. in there. happy Christmas Merry Christmas coming up soon absolutely uh, we'll be here uh, maybe not next week uh, that's kind of up in the air uh, whether awful tweets will occur uh, next week but I know that you're guest hosting the show for me for about a week coming up here so thanks in advance for that man no problem. No problem. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to uh, to next the next time we get together for more awful tweets. That's right. You are listening to the Tony Kinnacast on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
It's the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Good evening and uh, welcome back to the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIBC. Uh, you know, I understand that around the holiday season, you can get to feel just a little bit useless, maybe. Uh, I felt useless a little bit this week. Um, there was a time uh, when I was, you know, working on uh, a few things and I, I wrote up an entire report on something uh, that had already been written up by a colleague of mine like two days in advance. Um, and of course, I didn't check before I started writing the report um, as to whether to see if Jarrett Stepman, who's one of the columnists that I work with most often, if he'd already written about it, um, which he's a genius. So, of course, he would get to ideas leagues before I would. Uh, so I felt kind of useless. You know, you finish the article. It doesn't work. You know, maybe you uh, cut something you didn't measure twice or maybe you did measure twice. You cut it and it still ended up shorter than it was supposed to. That's happened to every single person on Earth that has ever done anything useful. But there are a lot of useless things out there. Allison, are you out there this fine, what is it, Thursday? Thursday evening. She may not. I, I may have just like sprung the most springy thing on Allison. No, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> oh, good. Have you ever seen the ad for a snowball maker? Do you know what a snowball maker looks like? Uh, is it, a, is it Does it kind of look like a, like a sand castle thing? No, it looks like it looks like tongs. Like if you took two soup ladles and yes. you crossed them with each other. And so it's to help you make snowballs. And I, I think that's kind of useless. And you say, <laughs> well, it's to keep you from like having to get your mittens in the snow to get the snowball. Um, but after you make the snowball, you still have to pull the snowball out of the thing and throw it. So you still end up touching snow. So that's a useless thing. Have you heard of the banana holder? <laughs> there is, no, yes, but I there, can imagine. <laughs> There are pla- it's just a plastic piece of plastic in the shape of a banana and it holds the banana for you. Now, I don't know if you know this, Allison. I don't know how much of a fruit expert, maybe a green grocer. I don't know if you minored in produce when you were in college, um, but bananas come with a carrying case. Um, like the whole sleeve of the banana, you don't eat that. Um, in fact, for a long time throughout human history, we have observed monkeys peeling bananas. Um, they actually peel it the opposite way that we do, but that's not really relevant right now. Indianapolis City Council members, also extremely useless. Signs that say sidewalk ends in 20 feet. You know, in New Mexico, Arizona, and Utah, they require you to post when the sidewalk is ending. I just got to be honest. I, I mean, I guess maybe out in the desert... Allison, you think like it, like the sidewalk, like blends into the dirt or something? I mean, it's out west. Yeah, I suppose. But at that point, I mean, like you said, I'm pretty sure you can see 20 feet ahead in front of you. You know, I, I mean, I would, I would hope so. And and you can say, well, if you can't see 20 feet ahead of you, how are you supposed to see the sign? Like your eyesight's not good enough to see that the sidewalk has ended. Shout out to the book from Shell Silverstein where the sidewalk ends. Um, but you can see the sign that says, yeah, that, that's useless. Um, and then, Allison, you know how much this angers me. Those PSAs that play, so there, there are a couple of different kinds of ways that people advertise on the station. And the PSAs on the station bother me deeply. Um, tonight, I'm coming after the Kids Count on You PSAs from the Indiana Youth Institute. Now, look, I, I was in education. They, they come from a really good place. They do. I, I understand it. Like you, you say you just you want to help kids. Some kids come from difficult situations and difficult homes. But guys, I, I don't know if there are any adults out there that need to be told that you need to um, talk to children. 
Um, I, I, I don't know if you guys, so those of you that are on the podcast, again, you don't get to hear the PSA that I'm lecturing. So if you listen to the show live, we just came back from a commercial break where they go that kids count on you. And then there's that guy giving that like really brain busting, explosive, amazing advice. Um, does your kid look stressed? They might be stressed. Ah, yes. Uh, it's some great child psychology there. I really like that one. Use gentle words. Um, no, I like how they had to tell us that kids also experience emotions. Uh, kids experience fear, shock, anxiety, anger, and grief. Um, yes, I don't know uh, if anyone has looked this up yet. I may be wrong, but children are just small people. Um, not really breaking any new ground there. So PSAs, at least some of them. I, I like some of the PSAs on the station. Uh, I think they're a little repetitive, like they could make a few more a month. Um, I'm so tired of hearing that lady say, if you can plan uh, birthday parties and barbecues, you can make a disaster relief plan. I, I get it. That's a good PSA, by the way. You should have a disaster plan for your family. Very good thing. Switch it up, man. I, you have told me that I can plan barbecues and birthdays 87 times this month. And I'm not even someone who listens to WIBC all day. And some of these poor sods in the live chat, like they keep WIBC on from dawn until dusk. And this shows after dusk. So those poor, poor people. The last thing that I want to hit that's expressly worthless tonight is petitions. Remember when you were in elementary school and they told you that like petitions were a great way to participate in civic action and civic duty. You can sign a petition and send it to your local representative. Guys, um, petitions have worked a grand total of one time. And uh, that was on Disney's cartoon recess. Uh, petitions have, have not worked. The UN signed a petition uh, begging Hamas and Israel to stop fighting. Uh, it's been a couple days since they signed that resolution that's totally not just a change.org petition. And uh, shocker, nothing has happened. Uh, absolutely not. You know, I, I know it's crazy to think that, you know, Israel and Hamas didn't sit down and go, guys, uh, golly, the nation of golly thinks that uh, we should stop fighting. And everyone suddenly realized, oh, OK, you know, people actually signed a petition to stop this show from happening on the left. There were some individuals in Indianapolis who were terrified at the idea that I'd have a, a show. So they had a change.org petition and it got 12 signatures um so just excellent work there and guess what the show still happened um boycotts they can work uh, voting that works signing your name on a piece of paper that says i'm mad just uh lets us all know that you're mad my, my favorite one this is from hillsdale college so hillsdale college is a private school up in michigan that takes absolutely no federal funding and after the george floyd protest a lot of students um at Hillsdale wrote an angry petition saying they were upset that Hillsdale didn't teach about BLM at school. Uh, Hillsdale only teaches classical history and philosophy and doesn't normally take on modern uh, politics. So it was really nice to have like a, a list of students who um, definitely weren't paying attention while they were in college. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to some of the staff up at Hillsdale about that. So wh wherever you are this evening, maybe you're having a rough time at least you're not as useless as a UN petition. Maybe you're not the snowball holder of the family. Maybe you're not even one of this station's PSAs. But you can go do good things. And maybe something else that's optimistic and encouraging. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. This is the Tony Kinnacast on 93 WIBC.